0: Hi there, dear listener. Lazlo here with a quick pre-roll message for you. Before we get started, I want to let you know there are all kinds of convenient ways for you to support my efforts to bring you all these podcast shows on Chinese history, Chinese sayings, and tea history. If you go to my website at teacup.media and click the support button at the top, you'll find a bunch of ways to show some appreciation. There's Patreon, where you can get early access to new episodes, exclusive content, and an invite to the Teacup Media Discord channel, and more. CHP Premium, that also has early access, exclusive episodes, and ad-free versions of the entire CHP back catalog. Plus, there's several other ways to donate to the show as well. Check the episode show notes for a link to that very page. And my deepest thanks for listening and supporting me and my humble efforts. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another informative Cheng Yu here at the Chinese Sayings Podcast. Laszlo Montgomery here with another episode featuring another hero from yesteryear. Today's character getting top billing has already been mentioned in various China History Podcast episodes and is, in fact, the featured topic in CHP episode 91. This, of course, is the great Chu Warrior King, Xiang Yu. Today, we look at one of the true sacred cows of Cheng Yu, 破腐成舟. Chen these four characters, like most all of these Chinese sayings, say a lot in only four characters, four syllables. This one has a long story attached to it. Fu chen zhou." Let's do the usual. Paw means to break, to break something. "A fu is a kind of a pot that was commonly used in ancient China to make your rice and cook food. Soldiers always carried them as part of their gear. Pawful, to break your cooking pot. Chun means to sink. And Zhou is a boat. So Chun Zhou, sink a boat. Broken cooking pot, sink boat. As I intimated just a brief moment ago, this Cheng Yu has a distinguished provenance. First of all, it came to us from the most revered ancient source for Chinese history, the Ji, the Records of the Grand Historian, Sima Qian and his papa Sima Tan, but the son grabbed all the headlines. And the chapter from which this Changyu sprang forth is called the Xiangyu Banji. And the story behind this sweeping epic concerns the battle of Julu, the Julu Jirjan, 207 BCE for western civ aficionados this period was that of the second punic war the one starring hannibal 207 bce we know what that means in china the first emperor qin shi huang died in 210 so this was just a few years after his grim passing and all the intrigue and bloodletting that was discussed and passed China History Podcast episodes was in full swing by this time. Qin Arshir, the founding emperor's son, was now emperor, and he was hardly a chip off the old block. He was grossly manipulated by one of the great villains of ancient Chinese history, the eunuch Zhao Gao. Now, thanks to this situation, it didn't take long at all for this first imperial dynasty in Chinese history to dramatically and quickly unravel. Qin Shi Huang gets a lot of credit for being a great emperor, and rightly so, for a whole bunch of reasons. But everybody breathed a sigh of relief when he died suddenly. Life was harsh under this emperor, and people started rebelling almost at once against the Qin. Some of the pre-Qin Zhou Dynasty states started coming back to life, and one of these was Chu, the great and mighty Chu state, centered mostly around Hubei. As things deteriorated in the Qin capital of Xianyang (present-day Xi'an), one of their great generals, Zhang Han, was sent out to put out all these fires with different rebel armies who were spontaneously rising up in revolt. Before the Battle of Julu, there was the Battle of Dingtao. Participating in this battle was a noble named Xiang Liang. He was the son of a Chu military legend who had gone down fighting against the forces of Qin Shi Huang during Chu's final days. Xiang Liang had a brother who also died, and so according to tradition, Xiang Liang adopted his brother's son, and this nephew was named Xiang Yu. Xiang Liang had started leading Chu rebel soldiers against the Qin as soon as word got out that the feared Qin Shi Huang was dead. Long story short, Zhang Han was sent to put Xiangyang away, and that's exactly what ended up happening at Dingtao, where the Qin forces, still a force to reckon with, defeated the Chu rebel army. As soon as Zhang Han handed the Chu rebels a defeat, he turned on his heels and headed in the direction of the former Zhao state to go deal with an uprising there, centered around the old Zhao capital of Handan. So Zhang Han laid siege to Handan, it was looking bad for these Zhao rebels, so their ruler sent word to Chu, begging for help. And the Chu leader, who had rose up in revolt against the Qin dynasty, agreed to send two armies to go rescue Zhao from this siege. One army was led by Song Yi, and the other by Liu Bang. Now serving as Song Yi's deputy was Xiang Yu. And the Chu King said to Liu Bang and Song Yi, whoever conquered Guangzhong first, that was the Qin homeland and part of the heartland of China, they would receive the honorific title King of Guangzhong. Xiang Yu was itching to get the show on the road and go attack Qin at Handan and relieve Zhao. But Song Yi first wanted to take care of a little business in Qi, uh, Shandong province, and he was in no hurry to go relieve Zhao and then suddenly started making a lot of noise about Xiang Yu that was, well, it was less than complimentary. So Xiang Yu killed Song Yi at modern-day Tai'an, just south of Jinan. Then he seized command of the army, and the next day Xiang Yu and 20,000 rebel troops were Handan bound, ready to face off against Zhang Han. End December, 208 BCE, they crossed the Yellow River. And there Xiang Yu gave the fateful order to his men, to prepare just enough food to eat for three days, and then to smash their cooking pot, and then, once this was done, they were then ordered to sink their boats. There was no going back. They were at the point of no return, crossing the Rubicon. They'd either defeat Qin and rescue Zhou, or die trying. And on the battlefields of Julu, just to the northwest of Handan in Hebei province, There were nine engagements, and Chu, outnumbered, it was said, ten to one, fought like Xiang Yu expected them to do, knowing there was no going back. Do or die, baby. A hundred thousand of Zhang Han's Qin forces were killed, and over two hundred thousand taken captive. And to avenge his uncle Xiang Liang's death at Dingtao, and also to get out of the hassle of having to deal with feeding and watching over two hundred thousand prisoners, Xiang Yu had them all buried alive. Not sure how he had that taken care of. But it happened at a small place called Ima, just south of Handan near Sanmenxia, And to this day, they're still digging skeletons out of the ground. That leads many to believe this may have some truth to it. So Xiang Yu had probably the biggest day of his life. I mean, this was a complete and total come-from-behind victory with the brash young underdog defeating the mighty Qin army under their ever-victorious general, Zhang Han. Now, before the battle, Xiang Yu had his men smash their cauldrons, pofu, and sink them boats. Chen Zhou, remember that one. When you go for broke, when you're committed to achieving something and cast your fate to the wind, you're following the example of Xiang Yu at Julu. And in the course of world history, Xiang Yu wasn't the only one to adopt this strategy. Alexander the Great, after he landed in Persia, and Hernán Cortez, Cortez the Killer, when he landed in Mexico, and before he went on to conquer the Aztecs, both of those conquerors had their own version of po Fu Chánchú. Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. This one will get you all kinds of mileage if you use it sparingly. So, despite Xiang Yu having the greatest moment of his career, the other general, Liu Bang, beat him to Xianyang and was able to claim the kingship of Guangzhong from the true ruler. Xiang Yu felt that honor was rightfully his. Xiang Yu and Liu Bang, from that point on, became blood enemies, and each was determined to unify China and succeed Qin Shi Huang as emperor of China. And those two will go on fighting and contending for control of China. And in 202 BCE, the Chu Han contention, as this dramatic struggle is referred to in the history books, came to a dramatic end, and Liu Bang, who, like Julius Caesar, fortune-favored so much, emerged as the most powerful force in China. He'll go on to unite the country, and his Han dynasty will get everything organized in China for the next 2100 years. Xiang Yu will be killed, of course, and that's a well-known story that has yielded a few decent TV dramas, movies, and Chinese operas. So that is our Cheng Yu for this time. Po Fu Chen Zhou. Break the pots, sink the ships. Remember that Chinese saying, whenever you too, despite knowing the painful cost of failure, go for all the marbles in achieving your goal. Take care, everyone. This is Laszlo Montgomery signing off from the Golden State, somewhere in the city of Los Angeles. I'll be back next week with another Chung Yu and another story from China's ancient past here at the Chinese Sayings Podcast.